Hey guys, welcome to episode 63 of Success After Excess. This is the second part of my origin story. I thank you guys for your patience. Um, I know there's been delays and, and hiccups on my end and, and um, you know, I, I really thank you guys for being patient and continuing to tune in and check in. I can't tell you how much it means. Um, with that, again, because of the limited time, I just want to dive right in. Um, so picking up where we left off from part one, that was the entry to you know, junior high, middle school, whatever, depending on where you're from and, um, some of the adversities that I was facing there. So at this point, you know, definitely I was starting to notice the effects, not really notice in terms of being observant in a positive way to change, but looking back, I can see that's where my personality had really changed. I'd become really shy, but at the same time, I was very angry is very easily agitated and very reactionary um, because those are things that I've been taught, right? Um, you know, you feel hurt, you get angry. You feel threatened, you get angry. You feel anything, just get angry. Um, you know, so there's never, never a lack of comments on, you know, when I was growing up about people asking me if I was okay, if everything was okay with me, you know, if I was upset and so on and so forth because I clearly just never looked that happy. Um because I wasn't, I wasn't that happy. And, um, I just, I was really struggling emotionally because I didn't know how to deal with anything because I had been taught that, you know, I wasn't allowed to, I wasn't allowed to have my emotions. I wasn't, I didn't have a right to my feelings and how I felt. And, and ultimately they just didn't matter. And I was learning coping mechanisms that weren't very effective so along with these negative mindsets and just kind of a negative attitude towards a lot of things as well, um, I also began to develop other coping mechanisms that weren't beneficial to my well-being or my growth and development. And one of them was I started experimenting with, with drugs and alcohol in, in those junior years there and um, and so I, you know, the age of 12 is when, when those things started. So cigarettes, alcohol, drugs is when that all started for me. And then I also started, um, self-harming myself. So, um, I used to cut myself and, uh, like the rest of my excessive behaviors and dysfunctional behaviors, um, that carried on with me throughout, um, you know, the entire time that I drank, so into my adulthood. And, um, yeah, it, it was, it was, just, it, it was the start of a really painful chapter of my life. And, um, you know, on that note, I, I'm, I apologize. I know there's some people that maybe aren't overly familiar with, you know, self-harm or, you know, could be made very uncomfortable by it. Um, to be honest, the simplest way for me to put it was it was a, a way for me to have some semblance of control in my life as well as to have some way to cope with the pain that I was feeling inside because the pain that I was feeling inside was so intense, so overwhelming, um, that I, and I, because I didn't have healthy tools to help me cope and deal with those things. 
I, um, you know, I just really struggled. And that was something that honestly is as twisted as it sounds, um, really helped me feel better. It gave me a sense of release. Um, yes, I had other ways, like I mentioned in the last podcast, you know, poetry and stuff like that and art, but, um, they weren't cutting it in the way that I needed it to. Um, and then, you know, especially as we all know, going through teenage years, which are tumultuous to say the least for most people, the, the changes we go through and, and the extremes we can feel, you know, as a teenager, everything is, you know, when it's up, it's up and it's just, the world is golden. And when it's down, it's down. And, and, you know, our inability to truly peer into the future and see five, 10, 15 years into the future, you know, teenage minds just don't work that way. So it was kind of just a recipe for disaster. Um, anyways, again, those behaviors continued on and by high school, it was definitely becoming evident that my drinking had become a problem. Um, you know, I was quite often, I was blacking out drinking till I was sick, coming home, you know, in the middle of the week on a school night, falling through the door, um, just, you know, and, and, you know, of course, yes, you know, I understand teenage years are time for experimenting and so on and so forth. However, you know, um, it was becoming clear that my behaviors were past that. So after high school, I, um, ended up getting a job in the serving industry service, like food and hospitality. So I was a waitress, started a hostessing, then I got into waitressing and that atmosphere really continued to just amp things up. And, you know, of course, then being 18 and having more freedom and whatnot, you know, just continuing to put myself in not healthy situations where, you know, it'd be blacking out, you know, couldn't remember things, wasn't sure how I got home, um, just ridiculous things like that. You know, I had my, my ex in my early twenties, one time we were out and, and it hit me in a moment that I needed to go. I was, I was that inebriated where I was just, I needed to leave and it needed to be now. And he wanted to continue doing what he was doing and finish up. So I said, okay, I'm going to go wherever it was and get a snack and, and I'll just wait for you there. And that's not what ended up happening. I obviously made my way home and um, he spent the next however long, it was like an hour or something or hour and a half driving between the house and where we had been. Um, this was a fair walk, um, looking for me and not being able to find me until after that time had passed. And, you know, upon finding me was completely upset because obviously, you know, it's dangerous. You know, you're a young girl. I was 19, I think, you know, stumbling down the road by yourself you know, it's an opportune time for trouble to find you, right? And those kind of scenarios just continue to increase along with my behaviors. Uh, my self-esteem continued to plummet. My self-worth continued to plummet. Um, I hope for kind of having a better life, for being a better person. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I just hated myself and I hated my life and I was angry at the world and I was just in such incredible pain all the time. And, you know, I started to experiment with different drugs, um, you know, just mushrooms, you know, from junior high on again, uh, mushrooms, ecstasy, cocaine, um, oil, pot, I mean, stuff like that. And, you know, um, 
as much fun as I thought I was having with those, drinking was always the champion in my life. I was always number one. And, um, you know, it just continued to take more and more control over my life. And as things progressed, you know, more and more people started to, you know, kind of question my drinking and, um, and bring it to the forefront and notice that there was an issue, um, you know, into my adulthood, you know, I ended up getting into my last relationship prior to getting sober was a highly dysfunctional and toxic relationship. Um, you know, whether or not that person was alcoholic or whatnot, you know, definitely at the end of the day, heavy drinker, um, not a very healthy person either, at least not with me. Um, just volatile, dysfunctional. Um, and, uh, that relationship, um, did come to an end finally. Um, but you know, even leading up to that time, there was lots of friendships that became affected, um, family relationships that became affected. And, um, and it was awful. It was super, super awful, you know, um, because I knew that I was just hurting people. I I was hurting people that I loved and I cared about and and I was dying inside. I was literally dying inside, dying. And I couldn't understand how I couldn't stop myself. You know, I tried to go on sober breaks and I tried to, you know, quit for a little while and I tried to control it. And no matter what I did, it always ended up in disaster. It was blackout Kristen, not remembering what had happened how I behaved, the only consistent thing that remained always, no matter the friends I hurt, you know, the damage in relationships, the only thing that remained constant was the pain that I carried around with me. And the day after, you know, every single morning waking up with the guilt, the shame, the remorse, the self-loathing, the hatred, the sadness, the disgust, just an array of clearly super awesome feelings. Um, and that was every day because by this point I pretty much drank almost every day. That was my driving force for doing everything and doing nothing. However, what I didn't know was that the light of the, the end of the tunnel was coming and it was coming fast. And with that, I'm going to leave today and, um, I thank you guys again for your patience. I thank you so much for tuning in. And I look forward to getting on to the moment of change because that's what I'm really excited to share with you guys is what happened and getting to what life is like now. So with that, guys, I hope you're having a great day. Thank you again for being here. I look forward to chatting to you tomorrow. Until then, take care. All the best.